heavenly places this week. How many of you are grateful for the ministry of Pastor Buxton and Pastor Jackson the past two evenings? I'm telling you, God has done some incredible things in this house. I want you to grab your phone really quick. I want you to grab your phone. Amen. Open up your calendar app. Open up your calendar application on your phone. And I know we still have this service to go along with the impact after party tomorrow. Come on, if, if you know, you know. But I want to announce impact 2023. Mark your calendars August 17, 18, and 19. Next year, the Lord willing, if he tarries, and uh, we're not all celebrating on the other side of glory land. We're going to be right here in Jesus' name, giving the devil a black eye and taking territory. Amen. Again, I want to say what a privilege and an honor it has been uh, to have every single one of you here this week with us at Impact International Youth Conference. And uh, we, we have been blessed by your presence and what the Lord has done in this place. As we stand all over this sanctuary in preparation for the entrance of God's word, it is my privilege this morning uh, to bring to this desk a man who is certainly no stranger to Impact International Youth Conference. I don't remember how many years in a row that he has been with us now. It has been uh, several, uh, but there has been an undeniable God moment ordained for these Saturday afternoon services uh, in impact. And, and there are lives represented all over this house uh, that have been changed forever by the anointing that rests on the man that's about to come to this desk. And I come today with great expectation concerning the word of God for this place. Is there anybody else that came ready for God to do something incredible in your lives? Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a great big praise? 
Come on, we can do just a little bit better than that. Let's give God a great big praise as evangelist Cornelius Williams comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us. Come on. Come on, if you know that God is in control, somebody lift up your voice. Come on, he's in control of your destiny. He's in control of your future. He's in control of your ministry. Come on, I've come to tell you that despite what the adversary would tell you, God is still in control. I wish you would shout about it right now. God is still, God is still in control. Amen. If you believe that God is in control, somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord in the house. Knowing that God is in control is half the battle because as a generation that has stepped into a day that the adversary would try to deplete, would try to disseminate his voice into our minds and our ears, when your mind is shaken, with questions about who you are. You ought to put that in your spirit and just say, I don't care what I'm dealing with right now. God, God, God is in control. Amen. Anybody thankful for that this morning? There has been has been such a clear, a clear sound of God's spirit at Impact International Youth Conference. Has anybody been blessed? Has anybody received something from God? Has anybody been touched and transformed by the spirit of God? Come on, clap your hands if you're thankful to be here. Come on, you would not be here but God. I said you shouldn't be here but God. But God, but God. And this conference has been a staple and a haven of salvation and restoration for young people for the last, for the last almost eight or so years, I believe. And it has been, it has been a good run and a tremendous and high honor that of those eight years we have, we have accepted the invitation five of those years. Amen. And I'm tired of hearing myself, praise God. <laughs> Amen. But we are so honored, we are so honored in the confidence of the ministry of this house, Bishop and First Lady Williams, the hosts and hostesses of this meeting. Amen. Come on, anybody love your pastor and his family? Come on, come on. Anybody really thankful for the shepherd that God gave you? Amen. We are, we are nothing less than family. Nothing less than family. They have been tremendously kind 
to my family over the years have taken us under their wing and have been a sound, clear voice of balance and stability. Amen. I love people that love the kingdom of God. I love people that love God's people. Amen. And they love people genuinely with all of their heart. Amen. And we love them dearly today. Amen. And speaking, speaking of family, I am tremendously blessed. I'm tremendously blessed that my family is here first and foremost. I, I appreciate my beautiful wife. Amen. That God has given me. Amen. Most people that meet me would probably be perplexed by the looks that are on my face continually, my expressions, I'm staring off into space, but when I look at my wife, my face changes, praise. Amen. Thank God, thank God for a praying woman that loves God, that has been the best partner that any preacher can ask for, and God has given us a beautiful baby boy. Amen. I love them today. And I love my family. On the third row, almost my entire family is here this week. Amen. Save my, save my baby sister who has been here several years. I'm so glad that Pops is in the house. My dad here for the first time in Fort Myers. Amen. So the whole Williams crew showed up to hang out with the Williams crew. Amen. Amen. Hasting quickly to the word of God, I have four, four passages of scripture that I want to get to quickly and breeze through briskly. Luke chapter 1, verse 80, Matthew 11 and 11, Luke 2 and 39, and Luke 4 and 18. And while you turn into all of those texts, we are so, so blessed. We have been blessed by the tremendous hospitality of the Rock Church family. Amen. You, you, you are incredible. Amen. Amen. I've tried my best to, to comment and compliment personally to servers and parking lot staff and media team and all those that have made this first class conference run efficiently the entire week. Come on, let's give Fort Myers a hand clap of appreciation. Come on, let's give them a hand clap of thanks for what has been done and what you've received. And what we have received has been tremendous. I honor the men, Brother Buxton and Brother Jackson that have ministered before me it's almost as if God got picked up in another paragraph of where we ended on the final service of last year. And Brother Buxton stepped to the desk with a spirit of conviction. And I thank God for preaching and I thank God for a preacher. Come on, anybody thank God for preaching? Come on, it's preaching that will save your soul. Long live the preacher. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And, and picking up from that page, God turned a page. He turned a page, and last night, if I ever heard a clear confirmation for a word from God, Brother Jackson stepped into this desk 
and begin to preach from the page of callings upon young people. And I want to preach from that same page this morning with the help of God. Anybody ready? Come on, anybody going to help me preach in the house? Amen. To all those listening on Holy Ghost Radio, I pray that God's word will minister to your mind today in Jesus' name. In ministering to young people, I think there are some candidates in the word of God that are prime candidates of evaluation to look at. Prime candidates of men and young people that found their place in the kingdom. Men that if you went back some years were boys. And I want to preach to every young woman and every young man in this house. And whether you've heard the voice of God definitively, whether you are still in the arena of trying to hear, I want to tell you that every young person in this room has a calling to fulfill in the kingdom of God. Come on, despite what you feel about yourself, God has a plan for you. Somebody say, God, God has a plan for me. Come on, I want you to put your hand on your chest and say, God has a plan for me. Come on, God loves you and God has called you and redeemed you and saved you. Come on, anybody thankful that God has a plan for you? God had a plan for young John. The Bible declares in Luke 1 and 80 that as John in his young years, the Bible says, and the child grew. Thank God that we're here today at this conference, and I want, I want a spirit of growth and maturation to get a hold of our mind. I don't want to leave here the same way. I want something to get a hold of my spirit, and I feel, I feel like God's doing something in my ministry and the calling. And the child grew and waxed strong. Somebody shout strong. He waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day. Till the day. Somebody shout the day. The day of his showing. Somebody shout showing. John grew in the desert as a young boy. He grew and he waxed stronger and stronger until the day of showing, until the day of revealing, until the day of establishment unto Israel. And just to show you that God has great plans for you and he doesn't intend for you to stay a young child, but he wants you to grow, the Bible declares unto us in Matthew 11, 11 that Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, among them that were born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. There had not risen a greater than John the Baptist, but he said, notwithstanding or understand this, he said, he that is least in the kingdom, I'm preaching to young people right now, he that is least in the kingdom is greater than he. And just like young boy John, I want to take you to the young status of a boy named Jesus. The Bible declares in Luke 2 and 39, I know you're standing. 
Luke 2 and 39, the Bible declares that as Jesus began to grow and his parents returned unto Galilee and to their own city in Nazareth, it would seem like John and Jesus were, were living from the same script. The Bible says in verse 40, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Come on, anybody thanking for the grace of God that's touched your life, young people. Come on, the grace of God is upon you. And not only was the grace of God upon him, but the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us in the maturation of his life in Luke 4 and 18 that Jesus stepped to the desk, the podium, the pulpit, approximately 30 years of age and not only was the grace of God upon him but Jesus began to rehearse the prophet Isaiah and he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captive the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, he said, to preach, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And it's almost as if Jesus came to the point that he realized that his day had finally come. I want to preach to somebody in the Holy Ghost and minister to you right now that your day is here. Come on, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's a spirit of prophecy in the house. Your day is here. And Jesus closed the book. And he handed it back to the preacher and he took his seat. But he could not ignore what he felt in that moment. Young people, I don't want you to ignore what you're feeling right now at the culmination of this conference. And Jesus realizing what was done in him, that he was no longer that boy growing and waxing strong, but he had reached a place of fullness of strength. And Jesus said, this day, somebody say this day. This day, come on, somebody say this day. Come on, I want you to believe that this day God is going to do something in your spirit. Come on, this day, come on, this day, this service, right now, this moment, this minute, this conference, this day. God is going to fulfill something in your life. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands all across the house. I want you to pray. If you feel the calling of God pulling you and pulling you, I feel, I feel a, a spirit and a wind of prophecy in the room. I want you to throw up your hands and say, God, let this day be the day that you reveal and establish something in my life. Come on, I said, lift up your voice. I feel the Holy Ghost flowing. Come on, there's a current of fulfillment. Come on, there's a wind of prophecy. Come on, get a hold of God's spirit. Come on, get a hold of God's spirit right now. Come on, we've got one more service for God to speak to you. Come on, come on. God's been talking to you. I want you to listen right now. Come on, God's been speaking to you. I want you to listen right now. Come on, lift up your voice and let God speak. Oh, 
Jesus. Come on, there's a strength that's flowing in the sanctuary right now. Come on, there's some questions that God's about to give an answer to right now. Come on, I want to be obedient to the Spirit. Come on, I want you to step into the flow of the Spirit right now. Come on, come on, stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Jesus. I want to talk to you this morning and minister from the Spirit of God about a particular day that I think is upon us. As the child, young John, grew, the Bible says that he waxed strong in spirit until, somebody say until, until the day of his showing. I want to preach about the day of showing until the day. Somebody shout until the day. Until the day of showing. Clap your hands one more time in the house. Come on, clap your hands if you got a calling on your life. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated in the house. God has been speaking to the masses. And my assignment here this morning, this afternoon rather, is not to isolate anyone, but, but I've come to, to specifically Deliver a word to every young person, hear me right now, every young person that has ever felt like God has been calling you. For every person, every young person that knows that God has called you. Because if you have heard or been called by the voice of God, there, there's a day that we have to deal with. There's a season of time that we have to confront it's a period of time that every, every young person that has ever felt a calling on their life, every young person that has ever heard the voice of God, it's a day, it's a day that you have to learn to live with. It's a period of time, it's a season of concealment where God strategically causes you to go to a place that is not comfortable. A place that I want to talk about known as the desert. A wilderness. Anybody ever felt like you were there before? A wilderness. A wilderness where your questions grow. Confusion in your mind grows. It's the type of place where you know, somebody say, I know, where you know that you are called by God, but your placement, your disposition, where, where your life is right now looks nothing like what you think God has called you to. 
I hope some young people just lock in with me right now. And, and I, I've come to help you right now because it's that wilderness, it's that desert, it's that place that we go to where, where we feel isolated and we feel distant from God like God has forgot that he even called us because we know that we're called. But there's a season, a process of time where the waiting becomes unbearable. And you keep asking God, when, 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 when is that day going to happen? If you fit that category this morning, I'm talking to you. If you, if you feel that way right now in your spirit, you've been praying and you know that God's called you and you've already said yes. But what is perplexing your mind is why, why, hasn't, why hasn't anything happened yet? Anybody hear what I'm talking about? If you feel that way, I'm talking to you this morning. I want to minister to every young person that is in waiting. You've been waiting for your turn. You've been waiting for your chance. You've been waiting for your pastor to recognize you. You've been waiting. You've been waiting for your day. That day that Luke talked about is the day of showing. Somebody shout showing. The day of showing. You've been waiting for that day that that God would open up the door and give you the green light and said, now, now is your time. You've been waiting long enough. You've been patient long enough, but now is the time that I'm going to reveal you, establish you, affirm your ministry. Anybody, anybody ever felt like you were waiting for that day? I'm going to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to turn on the light. I'm going to cause you to walk uh, in anointing. I'm talking about the day that everybody knows that you're called. Uh, everybody knows that you're anointed. The day, somebody shout the day. The day of showing. Is that day that John was waiting for. And I'm taking my time right now because... This is something that I believe that every last one of you young people, if you're not there right now, you're going to go there. And if you're not in the wilderness right now, I feel that there's going to be a day that you are confronted and have to deal with the desert. And young John, that young boy, that young boy, I wish you would put yourself in his shoes right now because John, John knew what it felt like to deal with the desert. I want you to imagine a young boy, somebody shout boy. I want you to imagine a young boy, a young boy that from the day of the infancy of his life, while his heart was just starting to beat in the womb of Elizabeth, the Bible declares that the Spirit of God was upon him. God, God filled him with his spirit in the womb. God called him by his spirit in the womb. God anointed him. I come to tell some young person, uh, Brother Jackson, he pinpointed it right uh, on the dot that you don't have a choice because God called you uh, before you ever knew who you were, that God picked you uh, before you ever stepped one foot in the church. Uh, I just come to tell you, you got a calling uh, on your life, whether you like it or not. Uh, God calls who he loves and he qualifies who he calls and I just come to remind you you are called oh I wish you would clap your hands like you believe you're called but being called somebody shout called but being called it's not always easy because when he steps out of the womb he's confronted with the fact that he realizes now that he's a preacher's kid and he didn't ask to be a preacher's son. He's a son of a preacher, 
the son of a prophet. To make matters worse, he's the cousins of the Messiah. How would you like for that to be your calling? Knowing that Jesus is his cousin. Knowing that there's a great calling on his life. And so I can see that young boy trying to find his way. I'm talking to some young ladies right now. Trying to find his way and he knows that he feels something upon his life. But he's not sure how to get there. And he realizes that daddy is a preacher. But daddy, but daddy every, every day he's doing the service at the temple of God. But, but something, something happened to John. Because John didn't do what daddy did. John didn't live the life that daddy lived. Because while daddy was going to the temple... John was going to the desert. While daddy was doing the service and the work of God and his ministry is operating in full force. Zachariah was lighting the candles, burning incense and working on the altars. But John was wondering, John was wondering what about, what about my day? What about my calling? What about me? To make matters worse, He's exiled and isolated to a desert. Somebody shout desert. He's isolated to a desert and God sends him there. And he sends him to the desert not to destroy him. Hear me right now. He sends him to the desert not to destroy him but to build him. I want, I want you to hear me right now. God, God has a way of getting a hold of your life and pushing you into uncomfortable corners. But know that God is in control of the corners that he puts you in. Know that God is in control of the wilderness that he calls you to walk in. God is in control of the life that he's called you to live. I wish somebody would hear me right now. And he sends John to the desert. And this young boy without his mama and without his daddy is forced to learn how to live. To live in a desert. I, 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 know, I know you don't know what that is because our houses are much nicer and our worlds are much nicer. But I want you to think about a young boy that's exiled to a desert and he has to learn how to feed himself. He has to learn how to sustain himself. He has to learn how to walk and he has to learn how to live. And he's not living a life of comfortability, but he's living a life in a desert. If there's anybody that would know what it feels like uh, to feel like you're by yourself uh, and you feel all alone because nobody understands uh, what you feel deep down inside. Uh, nobody understands that when I get down to pray, uh, I can't shake these feelings uh, that God's going to do something with me. Uh, I can't shake these emotions uh, that God's going to do something with my life. Uh, I can't shake what I feel uh, and I know that God's going to do something. Uh, but what about this desert? I feel the Holy Ghost down on my shoes right now but what about this wilderness because I look around and it doesn't look like my ministry is going to happen I look around and all I see is a deserted dry land and nothing's moving everything's dry I just want to know what about my day I can see that young boy learning to live in the desert 
I can see him, Brother Williams, learning that if you're going to live, young John, you've got to learn that when you're hungry, you need to eat something, boy. That when you're thirsty, you got to drink something, boy. Because if you don't eat and drink in the desert, you're going to die, John. And I can see that young boy in the heat of the desert wondering, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Can I remind you that when you're hungry and you're thirsty, it matters what you digest in the desert. Well, I come to help somebody right now. When you're in the midst of a dry season and you don't know what God's going to do with you, I just come to tell you it matters what you digest in the desert. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. John started looking around. What am I going to eat? And he found a drop of honey. And he found a bit of locust. And he realized that if I'm going to live, what I eat matters. What I'm going to drink will sustain me in the wilderness. I wish somebody's hearing the preacher right now. He said, the fact of whether I live or die, it weighs in the balance of being poisoned or living and growing strong. I'm just going to take my time and preach right now. I'm about to turn the page on the notes right now. I come to tell you that when you're questioning your calling and you don't know what God's going to do and you don't feel called but you feel invisible, I've come to tell you that when you get to the point that you start hungering and thirsting after something, the Bible declares that they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall. I don't know if you hear me right now. John realized I can't waste my resources in the desert. I can't waste my time in the wilderness. I can't waste my efforts and energy in the desert. It matters what I eat. It matters what I drink. So I just come to help a young preacher right now that you can't start gobbling down gossip of people that are saying, I can't believe your, your pastor hasn't used you yet. I can't believe you're not on the platform yet. If I were you, I would go to another church. You can't keep gobbling down that junk and expect to live and make it out of the desert. I wish somebody would hear me right now. You can't keep swallowing seeds of bitterness and let that seed of bitterness get in your heart and say, my pastor must hate me. My man of God don't like me. I just come to tell you, the devil's trying to destroy you in the desert. But if you're going to wax strong in spirit, if you're going to grow in God, you've got to watch what you eat. Because if they that, that hunger and thirst after righteousness, you've got to learn that righteousness is a resource that you can't afford to let slip by. I'm going to say it again for somebody in the house. I just want to tell you this altar right here is a resource that when you're in the wilderness and you're questioning after question after question, you can't afford to miss an altar call at a youth conference. You can't afford to miss a church service. You've got to get a hold of your resources. You've got to get a hold of the resources, John, or you will die. I just want to tell you why the devil's trying to pin you against your pastor. It's because he knows that that's a resource that you can't afford to waste when you're in the wilderness. 
hope somebody's hearing me right now. Your pastor is not trying to stifle you and stagnate you and cause you to be stationary. He's trying to guide you through the desert. He's trying to walk you through the wilderness. You better thank God for the resources. You better thank God for church. You better thank I wish somebody would thank God right now. Hey, we don't have conferences for just for you to hang out. We have conferences for you to be helped, for you to be strong, for you to watch strong. Will somebody worship God? I feel his spirit. Don't waste your resources, John. You ought to throw up your hands every chance you get and talk to God. He's the best resource you got. Come on, lift up your hands and talk to God a moment. John, if you're going to make it in the desert, if you're going to find out what your calling is, if you're going to make it to that day of showing, John, you can't waste your resources in the wilderness. Hope some young person's hearing me right now. Young lady, you better get close to your woman of God every chance you get. That's a resource you can't waste. I think young John learned what to eat. He learned what to drink when he was hungry and thirsty. In the wilderness. But can I tell you what else John learned? If I'm going to make it out of the wilderness, I've got to learn how to wax strong in spirit. I've got to learn that what I tap myself into will either strengthen my spirit or weaken my spirit. No, I, I, I. I'm not going to preach and harp on it, but you can't tell me that what you watch and what you listen to and what you entertain has nothing to do with your calling. It has everything to do with your calling because what you, what you digest will kill you. Probably a good chance that John went to the temple once a year as it was the custom of the Jews. And I'm pretty sure that if he went, Bishop, that he saw his daddy working in the temple. I'm pretty sure he saw daddy doing God's work. And John's still wondering, what about my day? I'm preaching to you right now. What about my day? But can I tell you what John learned the most in the desert? John learned that what you wear in the wilderness matters. The Bible declares in Mark 1 and 6 that John in the wilderness, he was arrayed in a robe and a clothing of camel's hair. And the Bible says that he wore a girdle of skins about his loins. And that garment that John was wearing, that he was wearing, it meant something to him in the wilderness. Because while daddy was wearing his priestly garment, John was wearing camel's hair. While his daddy was wearing an ephod, John was wearing a girdle of skins. And you say, preacher, what does that mean? 
John meant and John understood that sometimes ministry is not what it looks like. John realized that if I'm going to be called, I've got to learn to wear what I'm wearing in the moment. You can't wear a robe in the desert, John. You're going to die. You're going to suffocate. You've got to wear what God has put on you in the moment, in the season. You got to wear your calling and wear it well. Oh, somebody's hearing it right now. I, I, I know we love custom suits, and I love them more than anybody. Thank God for J. Irvin collection. But, but I come to tell you that it matters what you wear in the wilderness. Because while you're questioning, when is my day to step behind the pulpit? When is my day that reverence going to be in the front of my name? And evangelist is going to be in the front of my name? I've got a question for some young person today. What are you wearing in the wilderness? I said, what are you wearing in the wilderness? Because John realized that the wilderness was about working and about waxing strong. It wasn't about what he had on, but it was about what he had in his heart. And John realized, I might not look like every priest, but I'm just as much of a man of God, of every man of God in the temple. I might be in a desert. I might be in a wilderness. But John, you wear that camel hair. John, you wear that goat skin and be what God called you to be. Can I tell you what John learned about what he was wearing? What he was wearing, it caused him to walk in a lifestyle of humility. Oh, I wish somebody would just hear three words I'm saying. Because if you're going to fulfill the work of God, the will of God, and the call of God on your life, you can't walk in the spirit of pride. You're going to die in the desert. But John's walking in the wilderness and humility. And he said, it's not about me. It's not about my calling. But I'm the one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's not about my ministry. It's about he that coming after me. I just want to tell you, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You are a forerunner of God Almighty, and you've got to walk in humility and know it is not about you. I wish somebody would amen a little louder. It's not your ministry. It's not your calling. It's the call of God. It's the work of God. It's the will of God. I wish somebody would throw up your hands and lift up your voice. It's not about you, John. If you want your face on a flyer, John, you're going to die in the desert. If you want your name in life, John, you're going to die in the wilderness. But he said in John 3 and 30, he said, I'm in the desert because I must decrease that he might increase. You ought to know that glory be to God that causes us to triumph. Glory be to the king that has me living and walking and waxing strong in the desert. John realized that my ministry is not about me. 
I want to tell a young preacher that I hope you're hearing. Listen, I hope, you, I hope you're hearing something I'm telling you right now. If you're wondering when is it going to be your day, because you're wondering when is it going to be about you, then buddy, I just hope I come to tell you the truth. You're going to die and shrivel up, and you're going to end up being bones in the desert. You won't make it out of the wilderness. And John learned that even if I don't make it out of the desert, I'm going to do the work of God exactly where he placed me until my day comes. Uh, you might not be satisfied with sweeping the floor, but you better sweep the floor in Jesus' name. You better clean the toilet in Jesus' name. You better run a bus route in Jesus' name. You better teach a Bible study in the devil. Until your day of sowing comes. I wish you would shout like you a preacher in the pulpit right now. I'm doing the work of God right here, right now, in the desert, in the wilderness. I'm doing the work of God. I wish some young people would shout, you better operate in your calling right now. This is the day that the Lord has made. Your day of showing is already here. Somebody shout your day of showing. And you know what really baffles me about that text, Luke 1 and 80? Because the Bible says that young, George, young John, young boy John, that he remained in the deserts until the day of his showing. You know, the only problem with that, Brother Williams, is the Bible also tells us that when John started working and operating in his ministry in Mark 1 and 4, the Bible says that John, when he started operating in his ministry and he started being John the baptizer, he was baptizing people and he was not in the temple. I, I don't know if you see what I'm seeing, but the Bible says that John did baptize in the wilderness. That means if you never get your chance to preach, you better find somewhere to fulfill the work of God. If you never get a chance to sing on the praise team, you've got to learn to operate and work in the wilderness. You've got to learn to do what God's called you to do right where you are. John never made it out of the desert, but he still was working. He still was waxing strong. He still was doing what God called. I wish somebody would run it out right now and said, I'm going to run and walk in the wilderness. I'm going to watch strong in spirit. I'm not dying today. I'm not dying today. My day of showing has come. just come to tell you if you're waiting for your day you ought to lift up your head and say the day is here the day has come fulfillment is in the house my day of showing it drawing nigh I'm strong I'm growing I'm going in the call of God but John wasn't the only one because you would think that John preparing the way for the one that cometh after him, whose shoe latchet he's not worthy to loosen. 
If you think that Jesus was going to have it a whole lot easier because John was one man cried out in the wilderness, maybe Jesus' life was going to be a lot different. But I just come to tell you, if you think that you're going to circumvent the process and make it to the pulpit, you got another thing to comment. If you're going to, you can't circumvent the process and make it to the platform. It don't work like that. If John had to go to the desert, you better believe that Jesus had to go through the desert. I, I, I'll venture to say that as soon as Jesus came out of the womb, you got to remember that the Bible declared that as soon as he was born, that the angel of the Lord came to his daddy in Matthew 2 and 13. And he said, get your wife, jo Joseph. Get your boy, Joseph. I'm sending you to Egypt. I'm sending you to Egypt because Herod is trying to destroy your boy. You know what that tells me? That even when God sent them to Egypt, he was sending them to keep them from destruction which means that the desert is not for your destruction it's not for your demise but it's that you might have dominion when you come out of the desert he says stay in the desert stay in the desert until I tell you to come hither and the Bible declares as we read in our hearing, in our opening, that when Jesus and Mary and Joseph returned to Galilee in Luke 2 and 39, the Bible declares that they went to their own city in Nazareth and something began to happen to Jesus when he came out of the desert. Jesus realized, and we've got to realize, that not only do you have to wax strong in the desert, but Jesus started waxing strong in the temple. I don't, I don't know if you hear me right now. Maybe I've got to go a few verses down to help you out. Uh, the Bible declares that when his mom and daddy uh, was trying to find out what was the plan for their miracle baby boy, uh, for this, this child that shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, uh, the Prince of Peace, uh, what's going to happen to my boy? Uh, that, that is God with us. Uh, the Bible declares that when they left uh, Jerusalem and went out back into the desert, uh, the Bible declares that they looked for their boy uh, and they couldn't find him they was wondering where is baby Jesus where is my son where is my boy and they went back three days later and found out that the young boy learned that if I'm going to fulfill my calling I've got to wax strong in the temple I don't know if you're hearing me right now. Hey, young person, don't you think that you can skip youth nights because it's just a hangout? No, sir, no, ma'am. It's your connectivity to strength. It's your connectivity to life. You got to show up to church every day the lights are on because every day you show up, you're one day closer to your day of showing. And they found Jesus in the temple asking the questions of the doctors and, and giving them answers. And they were amazed and astonished at his great wisdom. And they said, something's different about this boy. Something's on this boy. And they realized he had great wisdom. But wait. He's just 12 years old. He's just a young boy. He still has to wait. Can I tell you that there is nothing wrong with waiting? 
I don't, I don't think you hear me. I said there's nothing wrong with waiting because when you're waiting, you're waxing strong in spirit because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. renew their strength. The more and more you wait for God to work in you, you're not going weaker and weaker. You're waxing stronger and stronger and stronger. Jesus realized that if I'm going to live, I've got to live in the temple. Can I tell you, I, I, I'm, pre I'm here preaching to young people right now, but I just want to push pause and talk to some parents right now. God forbid uh, that you ever keep your children from the house of God uh, and punish them and ground them uh, by telling them they can't come to church. Mom, I just come to tell you that ain't a good punishment. Uh, you got to find another way to ground them uh, because if they're going to be grounded, uh, they got to get grounded uh, at the house of God. Uh, they've got to get grounded uh, at the temple of God, uh, asking questions of the men of God, uh, sitting next to the women of God, uh, that they might grow strong in spirit. It's a long time between 12 and 30. I'm preaching. Is, is this all right on the Saturday? It's a long time between 12 years old and 30. And the next time that you see Jesus in the temple, the Bible declares in Luke 2 and 52 that Jesus kept increasing in wisdom. In favor with God and men. When you start fulfilling the call of God, not only is God going to know it, but your man of God is going to know it. But you fast forward one, two chapters later. Luke 4 and 18, the Bible declares that Jesus, Jesus is now approximately 30 years old and I don't know how you feel but and I don't know how, what kind of math you do but 12 and 30 is nowhere close it's a long time somebody says it's a long time and I think Jesus had flashbacks when he came back to the temple this time I was young but now I'm older I was a boy but now I'm a man now I have to put away childish things. Well, I'm going to say that again. Boy, the devil didn't like that. You got to start putting away childish things and you got to grow up. If you're going to get to where God has called you to be. You can't keep putting shaving cream in hotel rooms uh, and call yourself a young preacher. Uh, you can't keep playing games on the internet uh, and sneaking off to pornographic sites uh, and trying to get behind the pulpit. Uh, you got to grow up some time uh, and you got to shake off the weakness in the wilderness. Uh, you got to put away childish things uh, in the wilderness. Uh, you've got to watch strong in spirit uh, in the wilderness. I could see, I could see that young man step into the desk. It's the first time.
between 12 and 30 that you find that Jesus is talking in the temple. And they, the preacher hands him a, a, a Bible, a script, a scroll, and he says, Jesus, I want you to minister today. Can I tell you how the reason why you have to watch strong in spirit in the desert is because you don't know that day that your man of God is going to say, hey, I want you to preach tonight. Uh, and you can't go start cleaning out your closet uh, and deleting your playlist uh, and deleting text messages because uh, you ain't right yet. Uh, you got to get right uh, and stay right. Uh, so you ain't got to get right uh, when the time has come. I got a friend that says you got to get ready and stay ready. You got to get ready, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready when you need to be ready. Is anybody hearing me today? They hand him the word, the script of Isaiah. They hand him prophecy. And I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, there's some collisions that's going to happen with some callings because you got prophecies on your life. You got a pathway of prophecies that's going to collide with your calling. And I want you to hear the preacher right now. But you got to stop wandering around in the wilderness and complaining about why you haven't been used yet. Because if you keep complaining, you're going to stay in the wilderness and you won't see the promised land and you'll never see the pulpit. But I come to tell you that you got to thank God for every day that you're strong and stronger the Bible says that the spirit was upon him because he had anointed me to preach the gospel God knows he anointed you God knows that he called you he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach. God knows that he called you to preach. But you got to learn to live in that desert. God knows that he called you with his perfect will, but you got to learn to live in the wilderness. It was at that point, that moment, I can see something moving on Jesus. I'm almost done. I can see something moving on Jesus because he's waited patiently for the fulfillment of time to come. I can see him reading Isaiah and feeling those words penetrate his spirit. And I can feel his strength rising up in him. And he realized that the waiting is over. Jesus sits down and something sits on him. And he said, this day. Somebody say this day. This day. This prophecy that has been upon me. This prophecy that's been about me. The day of showing is here. Can I tell somebody right now, you've been, you've been this close to missing it. You've been this close to wasting the strength that God has waxed upon you. But can I tell you why? Why you can't afford 
why you can't afford to let spirits get a hold of your mind. It's because you don't know what happened. You have to remember what happened before this day. You got to go back 16 verses later and know that the Holy Ghost came upon Jesus. And the Bible tells us in Luke that the Bible declares that Jesus in Luke 4 and 1 that the Spirit of God led Jesus into the wilderness. Can I tell you what happened in the wilderness? I'm just going to help somebody right now. Can I tell you what happened to Jesus in the wilderness? John had to learn that in the wilderness you have to wax strong in humility. But Jesus learned in the wilderness that you have to wax strong and win over temptation. I hope you're hearing right now. The Spirit. The Spirit of God led him into the desert. It wasn't the devil. God's, the Spirit of God said, go on, Jesus. Go into the desert. And he sent them there to be tempted by the devil. Because when you face resistance, it is the resistance of your life that makes you stronger. It's like an athlete that's working out vigorously and training, pushing, and pulling. And they're fighting resistance because it's the resistance that you face that will make you stronger than you ever thought you would be. It's the devils that you fight in your mind. It's the thoughts that you fight in your heart. It's the frictions and the forces, the lust of your flesh. You've got to win over temptation if you're going to make it to the day. I wish somebody would lift up your voice right now. You've got to win over temptation. And today is the day that you win. You've got to get thee hence, Satan. Because today is the day that I win. Sixteen verses. Somebody shout 16. Sixteen verses. And Jesus was that close to missing the day. Because Satan came to him to tempt him. That girl's texting you to tempt you. That boy that your mama told you don't ever talk to, he's tempting you. He's tempting you to try to destroy you in the desert. But you got to push aside temptation and you got to wax strong in the spirit. When you fight in lust, you better fight and get to the altar. When you battle in pornography, you better get to the... Because everything you fight... It's trying to keep you in the desert. I'm telling you right now, there's some young men that you're so close because you've been listening to the devil that's talking to you and you're on the brink of doing some stuff that's going to destroy your ministry that you won't have that you're going to have to live down for years to come. But you got to tell the devil, for it is written, for it is written, for it is written. You've got to put, you got to couple the word of God with the will of God and said, I'm getting out of this wilderness. I'm not losing my blessing. I'm not losing my calling. Nothing's going to stop me from getting out of the desert. I'm almost done. If we come close to the music, come play softly. Everything about living and operating on your calling has everything to do with your desert. Moses one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, 
was not exempt from the concealment of hiding the depths of a desert. He was hid in the reeds. The Bible declares in Exodus 2 and 10 that just like Jesus, just like John, the Bible declares, and the child grew. Can I tell you that you got to grow every day? I don't care if you just read one chapter a day. You've got to grow every day. And when it came time for Moses to be revealed, God pulled him out of the desert. Because the desert is where you learn to hear the voice of God. He said, Moses, you saw the desert long enough. You saw the bush burn. You've heeded my voice. I'm sending you to Egypt, Moses. Because today is your day of showing. I find it interesting, Brother Williams, that when Moses and Aaron goes to wilderness, the Bible, to, to, to Egypt, the Bible declares in Exodus 7 and 7 that Moses was four score years old. He was 80 years old. Aaron was 83 and in verse 8, the Bible declares that when Pharaoh looked at them, he didn't, he didn't look at how old they were. Verse 9 said, hey, boys, now's your chance. Look what it says. He says, show me a miracle. Today is your day of showing. And God said, Moses, I want you to take those hands. And I'm going to do with those hands what they've never done before. I can tell you about the day of showing. I can tell you about waiting in the call of God. And hearing the voice of God. Because I was 16 years old when I heard that voice. And I know... I know sometimes you're not sure what's the voice of God, but the voice of God operates synonymously or on equal plane with the voice of the adversary. When you feel impressions upon your mind, when you, when you, feel, when you feel these emotions that is driving you to something, it's not God that's driving you to click that website at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's the devil that's talking to you. You got to recognize that voice if you're going to make it out of the, the desert. Satan spoke to Jesus and Jesus is speaking to us. And I remember being 16 years old. I was in a camp meeting as we stand to our feet. I was in a camp meeting in a conference. And clear as day, one of my friends, we're both teenagers, we're both young, but he didn't have the Holy Ghost. I knew that God, God was trying to do something in me and I was not sure if I was really hearing the voice of God. But this is how you know what is the voice of God more surely than anything. If God impresses you to do something in your spirit and you do it and the fruit thereof is the fulfillment of what he spoke to you, you know it was God. 
If it's of God, there's nothing you can do to stop it. If it's not of God, it's going to come to naught. And I heard, I felt like I heard the Spirit of God tell me to go pray for my friend and not just pray for him like any other way, but to walk up to him and lay my hands on his head and pray in the Holy Ghost. And I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me and said, I'm going to fill him with, with my spirit. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a preacher. In fact, I feel kind of weird. Not only was he my friend, but he's six foot one and I'm five foot nine. That doesn't make for a good laying on hand session. And I fought it. And I fought that voice and I fought it and I fought it. I walked away from it and God said, go. And I turned to him and I said, no. And I walked away and God said, go. And I go back toward him and I said, and I turned around again for the third time. The Holy Ghost said, go now. And I don't know what came on me, but I, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, got a hold of me. And I stood up on top of a pew. And by the time my hands had hit his head, he was speaking in tongues. And I learned in that moment it was nothing to do with my hands. But it had everything to do with the voice that I was listening to. Because there's some voices that's talking to you right now. Can anybody say amen to that? There's voices that's telling you that calling is for everybody else but me. I've made too many mistakes. God doesn't use people like me. I would venture to say that those that are used the most have the most mistakes. voices that will tell you that your day is never coming. And your man of God is against you. But if you've ever felt the voice of God in your life, if you've ever heard the voice of God speaking, if you believe, if you know without a shadow of doubt that God is calling you, I want to tell you that the day of showing has come. In the next few moments, we're going to respond to the spirit that's going to pull you out of your desert. But I want you to lift your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving. Come on, if you feel a calling on your life, if, you, if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to some young people that you feel like you're in a desert right now. Like nobody knows where you are. The pastor doesn't care about my calling. God, why would you leave me in this wilderness? I don't care if your parents are pastors or if nobody in your home lives for God. I just want to tell you there's a calling that is calling. 
Sometimes there's a period of waiting. Sometimes there's a season of, con of concealment. Bible declares in Mark 11 and 2 Mark 2 and 11 I'm sorry you know Mark 11 and 2 that's right that's right there was a prophecy of this young cult find it interesting that the man that wrote the prophecy, some believe that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, penned the words in Zechariah 9 and 9 that there, there was going to be a young cult that was going to be a part of the fulfillment of prophecy. That the king of kings was going to ride in into the city. Anybody remember that prophecy? That young cult that, that had a season and a time of waiting. You want to know how long it was that that cult had to wait for that prophecy to be fulfilled? The distance of time between Zechariah 9 and 9 and Mark 2 and 11 is approximately 500 years. And you think you've been waiting a long time. You think that God's forgot about what he, what he's called you to be? No. He's just allowing you to sit in the waiting and that you can wax strong in your spirit until the day that he says, now, now is the time. I want you to pray, 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 pray. I want you to read Mark 11 and 2. We're going to go through this and I'm done. I want you to read about this young colt that I can imagine felt like he was forgotten. And saith unto them, Go your way to the village over against you. And as soon as ye be entered into it, ye shall find a colt tied, whereon never a man sat. There's two things here. First, Jesus is declaring and giving command to his disciples. He said, I want you to go to a city. And Jesus told them exactly where to find. I don't care how you think you feel about where God has placed you. I want to tell you, God knows exactly where you are. He said, and when you find him, I want, I want you to realize that this coat has never been used before. He's never been written by a man. He's never felt the weight of a man's weight upon his shoulders. He, he hasn't felt the burden of ministry. He doesn't know what it's like to carry the weight of a king on his shoulders. 
Doesn't matter if you've never been used before. God knows how to use those that don't even know what they're doing. But you just let the king use you. But there's something here that stands out to me. The Bible says that he had never, never been sat upon. I was recently eating in a steakhouse and if you're vegan or vegetarian, I apologize. But I decided to delight myself in a delicacy called veal, V-E-A-L. And veal happens to be a young, somebody shout young, a young calf that is still tender. And the reason why some, some turn to being vegetarian is because sometimes the lifestyle of these animals are harsh conditions. And so if you know what veal is, you know that veal's lifestyle is not the best lifestyle. They take these young calves while they're young and tender and weak. And they make sure that they remain weak. They constrict their ability to move. They tie them down. They cage them. It's a sad deal. But they know that if there's no movement in the muscles of that young veal, that the muscles will remain fragile and brittle and weak. And the weaker the muscle, the more tender the meat. So they constrict them in their ability to move. They stagnate them. They cause them to be stationary. Tied down with no movement. Because their immobility brings weakness. But can I tell you that we are in an hour that God is calling his children. And he's calling us in a spirit of movement. Because the more you move, the stronger you get. Hey, that's why when the music's going, you can't sit back in the pew with your arms folded because worshipers become kings and kings become leaders. Because when you start moving and worshiping and praising God, you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And I wish you would worship God right now. I know you feel like sitting down and pouting and getting in the corner and quitting but you can't sit there and mope you've got to move when the spirit of God is moving upon you you've got to move when the spirit moves you've got to lift up your hands when God is calling you to pray you've got to open up your mouth when the spirit is pressing you to pray Because I wonder how this young colt, if that's how Veal remains weak, I just wonder how was this young colt strong enough? Strong enough, Bishop. How was this young colt strong enough to carry the weight of the Messiah? The Bible tells us in verse 3 that he was tied to a post. Verse 4, that he was tied to a post. I want you to read it. 
And they went their way and found the colt. Yes. Tied by the door. He was tied up to the door. Without in a place. Yeah. Where two ways met. The Bible says that he was tied up in a place where two ways met. It was a day that anointing met appointment. That prophecy met the pathway of calling. And those two ways met. And that young coat was right in the middle. Because his day had come. And can I tell you why I believe that young coat was strong enough? Because I don't think that even tied down to that post. I believe that all, I believe with all my heart that the same spirit that caused the framings of time to be upon an animal to be used like the whale with Jonah, like the cock with Peter, the cock that crowed three times, the rooster that crowed with Peter, there was a appointed time that was met for that moment. This young colt wasn't just waiting. But I can see that young coat. I can see that young coat walking back and forth. I can see him walking and waiting. Come on, walk a little faster. I can see him walking and waiting. Come on, a little faster, Brother Trevor. Come on. I can see him walking and pacing. When is my day coming? I can see him walking in spirit. Knowing that his day, his day is coming. Come on, I'm ministering to somebody right now that you got to walk in the spirit until your day comes. Come on, bro, come on, walk faster and keep praying. Come on, I can see that young coat pacing back and forth and saying, I can feel it. My day is coming. My day is coming. I can feel that call upon me. I'm not tied down. I'm not sitting still and waiting, but I'm walking in my wilderness. I'm waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for the day of showing. I come to tell a young man, you can't just sit there and stay stagnant and sedentary and stationary, but you got to move in the spirit. You've got to walk in the flow of the spirit. I come to tell a young lady, God's not waiting on you. He's waiting on your walk in the wilderness he said I want you to walk I want you to walk your day in the wilderness it's almost over your day in the wilderness it's about to end I wish somebody would walk around Zion right now and walk up to the altar and said I'm not waiting but I'm walking while I wait I wish you walked down to this altar and throw up your hands the day of showing is here the day of calling has come Come on, I come to tell you, your desert is not going to destroy you. Your desert is not going to kill you. Your day is now come. Your day is now here. Your moment, your moment is here. I want you to throw your hands up right now. I want your glow. I want you to say, God. I want to wax strong if I'm going to live in this desert. 
Show me a glow. I know it's hard. Because your man of God hasn't tapped you on the shoulder yet. But young lady, I've come to tell you, lift up your hands right now. There's a voice crying in the wilderness. Your day of showing is here. But it's not about me. If somebody is used before me, it's not about me. If somebody sings before I sing, it's not about me. If my friends preach before I preach, it's not about me. But God, let me decrease that you might increase. Come on, the Spirit of God is setting on the sanctuary right now. Come on, I want you to extend your hands as high as you can get them. Come on, shake off the weakness right now. Come on, put away childish things right now. Your day of showing is here. Your day of establishment has come. Your day of affirmation is here. Come on, there's a release happening right now in the spirit. I want you to hear it right now. There's a prophetic wind flowing right now. Come on, I'm speaking to every spirit of frustration. I'm speaking to every spirit of weariness. Because you feel like your placement and your position does not match what you thought your calling should look like. God has not forgot about you. He just wants you to act strong in spirit. He wants you to walk into the portal of the spirit. Because the more you walk in spirit, your weakness has to leave your legs. Yes. 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 Come on, weakness is leaving right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, you need to you need to you need to vomit up that spirit of bitterness that's got a hold of your mind. 
Come on, stop digesting that junk. It's going to kill you in the desert. Come on, your day is here. Come on, don't let temptation destroy you in the wilderness. Come on, come on, don't let Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat steal your anointing. Come on, shake off weakness right now. Come on, shake off weakness right now. Come on, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, you've been eating and drinking the wrong stuff. Come on, you need to drink from the wells of the Spirit right now. Come on, throw up those hands right now. Come on, there's a wave of strength. God strengthened my bones. God strengthened my mind. God strengthened my ministry. God strengthened my heart. When I'm weak, you're strong. Your strength has made perfect in my weakness. How, come on, walk in the realm of the Spirit right now. Come on, walk in the dimension of the Spirit right now. Come on, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, I'm gonna be used. I'm gonna be used. I wanna be used. Come on, young preacher's wife. Come on, young evangelist. Come on, young bus driver. Come on, young Bible study teacher. Come on, get out of the desert. Come on, get out of the wilderness. Come on, get out of the desert. Somebody's gonna get the Holy Ghost in the next few minutes. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you need His Spirit to grow stronger. I want you to throw your hands and let the Holy Ghost get a hold of your heart. So many times I've tried my way, but all of the pain didn't go away. I realize that only you can give me this love that is so true. Everything. God, I, I've given you everything, my heart, my mind, my soul. 
No more complaining. I know I'm called. I feel the calling. I want your glory. Somebody's walking into strength right now. You're walking into anointing right now. You're walking into the power of calling right now. Come on, there's a wind flowing right now. Come on, there's a wind whispering. There's a wind that's whispering. Come on, there's a wind that's whispering in your wilderness right now. Come on, no more frustration. Yes, that's it. Come on, respond to the call. Come on, come on, come on. Pray in the spirit right now. Come on, somebody's, come on, somebody's steps are being ordered. Somebody's steps are being strengthened right now. Come on, that's the spirit of the adversary. That's talking to you and telling you that your pastor doesn't care. Come on, the devil's a liar. Come on, you need to cast down every imagination. Come on, somebody ought to grow in spirit right now. I pray the spirit of maturation will flow over this house. Come on, some of you, the Spirit of God is about to get a hold of your tongue and you're going to pray in a new tongue you've never prayed in before because the Spirit of utterance is going to get a hold of you and the Spirit of strength is going to strengthen you and you're going to walk in dominion because this is the day that God has revealed for fulfillment to come to your calling. Come on, one more time. I want you to throw up your hands and I want you to let out a cry in the wilderness. 
Come on, that's it. Come on, let out a cry in the wilderness. Come on, no more questions. No more questions. No more doubt about who you are. Come on, let out a cry in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. God, do it me as you please. God, work in me. God, strengthen me. God, speak through me. God, use. Come on, I feel the spirit of strength. Come on, lift up your voice right now. I feel, I feel strength flowing. I feel a river flowing in the desert. Come on, there's a river of strength that flows like a fountain. There's a water that flows in the wilderness. Come on, that's it. I want you to reach up and grab it. Come on, there's a strength flowing in the wilderness. Come on, the adversary thought that he was going to destroy you in the desert. But I want you to get a good drink of the well. I want you to get a good drink of the waters. I shall not die. Come on, that's it. Come on, you ought to tell the devil I'm getting out of the desert. Come on, you need to remind the adversary. I might have been born in the desert, but I'm going to the house of God where strength and mercy flows. Come on, I feel something happening right now. Come on, you ought to lift up a shout and say no more wilderness. No more dry days. No more dying days. I feel life in my bones. I feel strength in my spirit. Come on, you ought to take about 15 seconds and shout and dance in your wilderness. Come on, I need a young preacher. You need to get your dance. You need to dance like David danced and said, I'm going to dance my way out of my desert. I'm going to worship my way out of the wilderness. Come on, I want you to shout like you're getting out. I want you to dance like you got to get out of the desert. I'm getting out of the dry place. I've got rivers. I've got waters that are flowing in my spirit. Come on, that's it. Come on, get out of the desert. Walk out of the wilderness. Worship out of the wilderness. Dance out of the desert. That's it. Go. Go. Get out. Go. Get out.
complain a little bit, but I just want you to hear me right now. Can I remind you of what happened when Mary and Elizabeth came in close proximity with one another? One's pregnant with John the Baptist and one's present and pregnant with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Anybody remember what happened? When Elizabeth found out that Mary was expecting the cold, expecting the prophecy to be fulfilled, the Bible says that when John heard the word in the womb, oh, I wish somebody would hear me right now, that something got a hold of John in that womb. When John found out that he wasn't the only one that was called, But there was another young person. And say, he's called. I'm called. We all called. Well, I wish somebody would hear the preacher right now. And the Bible says that when he heard the exhortation of the Messiah that was about to be born, that something got a hold of his spirit. And John started leaping. I don't think the church is hearing me right now. John started leaping in the womb because he found out he wasn't called by himself. I wish somebody would link up with another young person and say, we're getting out of the desert together. And I'm walking out of the wilderness together. And we're going to dance one more time. But I want you to dance with another young person and say, I will not
unfinished business before we leave this building. My dance will cross Satan under my feet. I need some people.
this place. Come on, before we leave this building, there ought to be a sound of warfare that rises in the atmosphere of this building today. I'm leaving different than I came. I came empty-handed, but I'm leaving with my miracle. I came confused, but I'm leaving in my right mind. Somebody lift your voice and give him a shout.